Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Joanna Penn. Yes, we do. We're so excited. Yeah, oh, we always so good. Yes, she's so. Yes. I mean, like Sarah and I met Joanna in 2016, and like you would have thought we were meeting the Beatles. I mean, we were <laughs> so excited. <laughs> yes, um, we love her. She's just awesome, and she's done so much for the indie publishing community and. Uh, writing in general, and uh, we just we yeah. were happy to have her on. Yes, it was great to talk to her. She's been on the podcast before, but this time uh-huh. we talked about something a little bit different. Uh-huh. She has a memoir coming out, so we yep. talked about writing memoir, and she's doing a Kickstarter for it. So yes. we talked about the like the kicks. We talked about like fear around writing the memoir and yes. fear around Kickstarter and launches and some direct sales stuff and futurist stuff. So right. It was a wide-ranging conversation, but it was really, really good. It She's was good. And, smart. Um, she is super smart. Um, one of the things that I didn't say in the in the interview that I wish I had now and about the direct sale is, if you're in KU, you can still do direct sales from your website for your paperbacks. And if mm-hmm. you're wide with your audiobooks, you can mm-hmm. do your audiobooks. So just... Don't discount that part of the interview just because you're in KU because right. that is something that we can do as KU authors. Yeah. Yeah. You can be wide in format first yeah. if you want or only wide in format. You can be, yeah. it's a good way to kind of diversify your income. So yeah, yeah. it is. It is. So what's been going on with you? I'm doing some writing this week, um, working on the audiobooks, mm-hmm. getting those up that I got back. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never done that before where you have to, like, they were up and so now they're already claimed on ACX. So I'm trying to figure out how that's going to work. I'm going to send them out through find a way. Right. And, uh, so they're not done yet, but working on that, figuring out that process. And, um, oh, the other thing I was going to talk about is there is a, um, article on the Alliance of Independent Authors, the Ally mm-hmm. blog. And it's Mm -hmm. about gift books. And we talk about this a little bit in this episode, like having Mm -hmm. a beautiful print book. Mm -hmm. But that article, I was like, I can't believe I've never thought of this. It had a suggestion of different ways you can sell books and like gift books, not necessarily print books, ebooks, whatever, like at holidays and things. And then it also said, um, Orner Ross had packaged up, I think it was three of her print books and done a book subscription for like a gift, like somebody could buy somebody and like she would sign and I believe sign and send out the print books like throughout the year. Right. Like I can't believe I hadn't thought of that. I mean, that's such a good idea for marketing because like if December you could say, do you want to give your friend a year's worth of mystery or a year's worth of romance books? And then, you know, it's a, it's a way to do subscriptions without creating new content. Wow. That's awesome. Isn't that, I was yes. like, that's so cool. I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't either. So yeah. I'll link to that in the show notes because it was, and there's lots of other ideas too, but I just thought that was right. really, really cool and unique. Yeah. I'm being, I was sort of quiet while Sarah was saying that because my head was exploding. So uh, <laughs> that's mine too. Idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Wow. Because the whole thing about subscription is like, oh, the content. I don't want to, yes. it's, it's hard to have continual new content. Y'all, but if we I'm can lazy. use our old content. To, yes. I don't want to create new content. <laughs> we'll have to find new like readers, yes. but we can do that. Right. right. <laughs> so, so what about you? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I am writing uh, some and um, wrote something and then looked at it and went, my readers are not going to think this is as funny. As they want. And so I'm going to go back and write, rewrite it. It wasn't very much, but it was the beginning of the book. And, um, but you know, I'm a little rusty. So what I wrote was fine, but I know I can do it better. So I'm going to do that. But I'm also, uh, right now going through page turner pacing, how to write Ooh. a novel in 21 days by Inez Johnson. Um, 
we're going to have her on the podcast, but it's a new course she has. And um, so in between writing, and I'm not writing as much because I want to finish this first to see if there's anything I can use, you know, because Ines is just. She's amazing. She is so amazing. She's so smart. And she just, I just think she's an intuitive storyteller and mm-hmm. she just knows how to, she knows how to do things. And um, mm-hmm. anyway, so I want to kind of go through this before I get too deep into to writing the new book. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. My therapist said, I'm really proud of you. You seem to be doing pretty well. And I'm, oh, I, I, feel, I know I feel that way. Uh, really concentrating, you know, again, I've said this before, my heart is broken, mm-hmm. uh, but I am trusting that my heart will heal and I am trying to find the goodness around me and concentrate on that. And uh, it's made a difference. It's made mm-hmm. a real difference. Uh, I can tell, my family can tell. So, yeah. 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 But you I seem like so, so much more. I don't know, like not at peace, but just yeah. like you're not nearly as stressed as you were. A no, ago. And, and, well, and I went back and listened to a few old episodes, uh, or not old episodes, but you know, previous episodes while this was all going on. And y'all, I can't believe you stuck with me. Like I was like, <laughs> so tell us, how <laughs> did you get into Ronnie? I mean, I was just like, so, no energy at all. Uh, bless y'all's hearts for just hanging in there. But yeah, I just feel like I have a lot more energy and mm-hmm. uh yeah, I, I I do. I mean, I I still miss my sister like crazy and I mean, she was the funny thing about Tony was she <laughs> she was the one I could send inappropriate TikToks to. <laughs> I mean, my sister, my other sisters I can too and they think it's funny, but nobody thought it was as funny as Joni did. And uh we shared that, you know, mm-hmm. just inappropriate stuff uh and so i miss that a lot you know i Mm -hmm. I see something and i think oh i'm gonna send it to her and then you know you know she's not there so but i just feel like she's with me in so many things um and really and truly she has inspired me to find the goodness in things because Mm -hmm. she certainly did so yeah that's where i'm at so we should probably get on to Joanna because yes. she, y'all, it's a great interview. And y'all, like, listen to what she says. She <laughs> she really is so smart. And she knows, I mean, futuristic things which we talk about, she knows her stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of a gift she has. Yeah. So many ideas and tips in this and um, good advice if you're interested yeah. in writing a memoir and just good advice on marketing stuff and So, yeah, let's go. Here's Joanna. All right. Well, today we are so excited to have Joanna Penn on the podcast again. Hi, Joanna. How are you? Hello. Um, Thank you so much for having me back on the show. Well, we're always glad to have you. um, We're fangirling a little bit. Yes, we are. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Always happy to have you. Yeah. So let me read your bio and then we'll get right into the questions. Joe Francis Penn writes thrillers, crime, dark fantasy, and now travel memoir as J.F. Penn and nonfiction for writers as Joanna Penn. She's a New York Times and USA Today bestselling fiction author and award-winning podcaster and creative entrepreneur. Yes, she is. And we are just super happy to have you. So the last time you were on our podcast was in March of 2021. So give us an update on what's happened since then. Yeah, well, 2021 seems like another age now, doesn't it? I know, I mean, it does, yeah. yeah. I think around then when I came on early in that year, we really thought the pandemic was over. And yeah, yeah, we did. We yeah, did. And, we were... and then it, it really wasn't. And <laughs> and I think that's, and then I actually got COVID a couple of months after that, mm. and I got it really pretty badly. So that was sort of it, six weeks of really bad and six months of recovery. Oh, so, word. and um, I had a lot of mental health issues that mm-hmm. went alongside that and also yeah. that I talk about in this memoir that we're going to talk about but I usually I try and remain upbeat on my show as as mm-hmm. you know you guys do too mm-hmm. and uh, I and also I found the pandemic very very hard creatively so and I know a lot of people did um but I did manage since we last spoke I, a couple of uh, non-fiction how to make a living with your writing the third edition and just a little tip for people listening uh, non-fiction that you need to update every 
every couple of years is a right mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, things change. So you have to do yes. that. Um, I yeah. did The Relaxed Author with Mark Leslie Lefebvre, which was, yes. you know, stop mm-hmm. being so over the top about everything all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and then I did a novella and some short stories. So I basically, I haven't written a novel, a full length novel for a few years now. And part of that is kind of, you know, pandemic pain and just mm-hmm. not being inspired and like the mental health stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and of course, I've been podcasting the Creative Pen yes. podcast. And I also had my books and travel podcast, which actually was a real lifeline in the in the pandemic because we could of course we couldn't travel and so that really helped me and was a lot of in- inspiration so I guess yeah I've been writing <laughs> like mm-hmm. all of us and I mean it's funny isn't it from year to year we write more books that's what mm-hmm. we do right mm-hmm. right yeah and some exactly. years we have more output I guess you'd call it a production and other years it's slower like I haven't released a book I released a book last January and nothing since then so mm-hmm. you know like we just all have our slow paces. And I think the pandemic just affected us all. I mean, there's just no way around it. Yeah. And I mean, Jamie, obviously you've had your loss in the family and, um, but the one thing we all have is a backlist. So that is amazing. And that should, I guess, another tip for people listening is building your backlist is Mm -hmm. part of it. And then you can make money from aspects of your backlist whether you do a re-release or you know you do a special deal or mm-hmm. um there are lots of ways to make money with your backlist and i think that is the it's got to be the number one key to a long-term career mm-hmm. because we have our ups and downs you know right. yeah. i didn't know when or if i would recover from covid and other mm-hmm. people have um issues that go on long term mm-hmm. and so you need money coming in from different ways so yeah right. that would be i guess another tip and Jamie I think you've actually talked about this about how you know your backlist has just really helped yeah I mean it got me through this this year when I was doing nothing not even advertising um very much like a five dollar ad here and there because I just didn't have the mental headspace to do it but it was enough to sustain me and then mm-hmm. my friend Lisey score just kind of surprised me by putting me in her newsletter at the end of July and I call it the Lucy Bub because it was almost like a book club. Like Lucy's huge. I mean, yes, she is. A, yeah. And she really, I mean, it, it just carried me through July, August, and September, which, of course, really carries you through the end of the year because the way we get paid. So it really was, um, if it weren't for my backlist, and I don't even have a big backlist, but it was big enough. So, yeah. Mm just grateful for this career, frankly. Yeah. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and tell us about the memoir. Tell us about your decision to write a memoir and how that came about. Yes. Yeah, so the, the the travel memoir uh, is <laughs> Pilgrimage, Lessons Learned from Solo Walking, Three Ancient Ways. And I think basically it's been on the boil for years. I mean, mm-hmm. I have been reading travel memoirs since I was a teenager. It's part of what me, you know, getting traveling. And I know, Sarah, you, you love to travel mm-hmm. and, you know, this kind of journaling about my travels I I have so many journals full of notes about traveling and then I started the books and travel podcast like sort of four years ago now and I thought uh, I I I was using that podcast as it was meant to be a platform for a new career in travel writing (laughs) or at least an extra wing you know and then basically I just didn't know what to write and Mm -hmm. I thought I would write travel guides um, you know, because that that's a kind of easier to produce nonfiction mm-hmm. that would sell, very right. keyword specific. Um, but I ended up with about hundred thousand words in Scrivener of a load of notes from all these journals and thoughts, and I just did not know what the hell this book was. Mm-hmm. Um, then the the pandemic hit, and then uh, I've also been going through the midlife female hormone shift. <laughs> my that, my daughters call it the dark years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that's so interesting because that is exactly what's happened. And I thought initially that a lot of my mental health issues were pandemic related. And of Mm. course, some of them were, but Mm. some of them were also hormonal. And so I just, and it's so funny, apparently women in midlife often go for really long walks, (laughs) like go, go walk about. Yeah, we need it. We need, we need it. And perhaps yeah. the people around us need it. And yes, yes. so I did, I, I basically went walkabout and um, pilgrimage, you know, maybe we can talk about it, but, but, you know, pilgrimage for me was, it's, it's so good when life is 
crazy and you don't know what the hell's happening pilgrimage is like start here finish here stay here on the way there are way markers not you know not very far apart so you get from a to b following a straight or not a straight path but a a well-marked path and in life that never happens no no (laughs) it's comforting actually to think yeah exactly and so you're like if i can just do that i will have achieved something and i know Mm -hmm. that i can just keep putting one foot in front of the other and so this was very comforting and then what happened was again I thought I would write a a book about each of the ways so Mm -hmm. I thought I'd write the pilgrim's way and it would be like a travel guide and then uh, it just didn't click and I I know you guys know Becca Syme and Mm -hmm. she has this book in on intuitive writing and uh, she's been on my podcast to talk about that but I think she we were talking about it she said well you intuitively knew what the time would be to put a book out. And that's what happened. It was like, Mm -hmm. I finished the Camino de Santiago in September last 2022. I finished it. And it's like the structure of the book clicked. Mm -hmm. And it has these memoir sections, it has these um, self-help mindset sections, and also practical tips for walking, long distance, solo walking, walking as a woman alone, um, and some midlife, you know, stuff too. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like the decision to write a memoir was not it didn't come until really late in the process. I thought it was a self-help book. And also (laughs) I mean, I've decided I I don't want to write a lot of travel books. So it, mm-hmm. because I don't know that genre is just it's just not su- suiting me. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was discover it was intuitively discovery writing. Gosh, yes, exactly. It's way too early for me for <laughs> be putting big words together. So. <laughs> But yeah, it was. I mean, I am a discovery writer. Mm-hmm. And perhaps I think with non I have this all the time with my nonfiction books, uh, which is, I know I want to write a book on a topic, but often the structure comes late in the process. I don't know, mm-hmm. Sarah, do you have that too, with yours? Yeah, mine has changed a little bit as I go, as I get mm. into it. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of what happened is mm-hmm. I wrote all this stuff. And then the structure emerged. And it was going to be more mental health. And then it was, oh, I need it. I need some practical tips. And then, you know, so this kind mm-hmm. of structure emerged into more thematic chapters mm-hmm. and also a A to B, not an A, I guess it's a, it is a journey. And mm-hmm. that memoir, I didn't know what it was until I finished my arc, my character arc, because mm-hmm. memoir needs a character arc. And yeah. it, I did have a character arc after the Camino because I realized that I'd gone from this, you know, very dark place to to coming out of that mm-hmm. for many reasons. And that pilgrimage helped heal a lot a lot of things. And also I consider myself a seeker and someone who is open to spiritual moments and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know, do, do, what do you think about the word pilgrimage? Because it was, it, was, it is, an, it does have some religious connotations. I, I like it. I, I think it really does. Um, I do get the religious connotations, but, but more, I was just thinking a seeker kind of you know on a journey yeah seeking, I think journey finding. yeah 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 more mm. when I hear uh pilgrimage but I like it yeah oh that's good because it's, it's very tough um writing a book that doesn't fit any of your existing yes. audiences it... <laughs> well it's we've never done hear... that <laughs> yeah exactly uh uh it's good to hear you say though that that you didn't really have a structure like it took it took form as you were writing it or even as you got to the end, it took more form because, you know, I've, I think we've all thought of writing some nonfiction, but you're like, how would I even do this? I've got all these thoughts. I don't know how to put them down, but I think just putting them down and then finding the form later is a good, a good way to uh, think about doing it. Mm, and like literally, I think Scrivener, I've, I've written all my, almost all my books on yeah. Scrivener uh, since I discovered it. Um, and Scrivener is so important for those of us who write out of order. Um, and sometimes I would just put a one liner, mm-hmm. you know, as a placeholder, kind of not a chapter, but just another mm-hmm. document within the Scrivener folder. And in I had like hundreds of these one-liners and thoughts. And then eventually I start to, you know, sort of move them into other um 
areas and concatenate them and split them up and fight. I had hundreds of quotes as well. I mean, and yeah. I've also, you know, over the years in my journals are full of quotes. I read loads of books on pilgrimage. So I had all these notes and I read books on walking and the health benefits. And so I, there was, I mean, if you think about how much work goes into a book, this book has so much background work yes. that does not end up in the finished product right. mm -hmm. which is really interesting and I think that's actually a tip for this kind of book or any book we do mm -hmm. this right we research and mm -hmm. then you do not chuck it all in mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> please don't yes. please don't yeah for the reader don't but yeah. all that stuff could be bonus content it could mm -hmm. be stuff you send in your newsletter you could say hey when I walked this I learned this when I here's my photographs that never you know or you know I don't I think your special edition is going to have photographs, but I don't know if the regular edition will, right? So you have photographs you can share and all kinds of things like that, right? Yeah. Although, again, this whole bonus content thing, uh, again, I don't have an audience for this mm, particular type mm -hmm. of book, mm -hmm. and I'm not intending to write another one. So when we talk about bonus chapters for your email list and things like this, yeah. I don't have a pilgrimage email <laughs> list and I'm not going to build one. So I am okay. publishing it under JF Pen, which is the name I use for my fiction, mm -hmm. uh, rather than Joanna Pen, because Joanna Pen is very much sort of self-help for writers. Mm -hmm. uh, JF Pen, oh, I mean, all my fiction is based on my travels, pretty mm -hmm. much all my mm -hmm. fiction is based on my travels and setting and sense of place are really important to me. Uh, so that's why I'm putting it under JF Pen, but it's hilarious because when I look at, you know, I said, obviously I email both of those email lists and right. the click-through rate is tiny on both of them because this is not an audience built for this kind right. of book. Right. right. <laughs> and I but, had thought, oh, maybe I need a third name. And then I thought, no, bloomin' way. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. if you're not planning to write any more books in that vein, and yeah. I think that's really smart to go ahead and decide that and say, this is the book I want to write. I want to get it out in the world. And that's, and then it's done because mm -hmm. there is this, like, you have to build this whole like structure system to support it and all this stuff. And maybe you don't need to do that every time. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And of course my books and travel site, uh, it has got a lot of things like it's got massive, uh, blog posts about each day of the Camino with loads of photos. Mm -hmm. And so I've in the book, I've linked to, other material that people find yeah. can find, but it's quite mm -hmm. self-contained. And what I probably will do after the Kickstarter is done is build a landing page with links to a whole load of stuff. And then, as you say, it's it, that's going to be my evergreen kind of landing mm. page. And then I'll get on with writing my other <laughs> things. But right. this is, I guess this is another thought for people is sometimes something will nudge at you and nudge at you. And I feel like, again, maybe this is partly intuitive or just being creative is you have to honor that. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you have to honor this urge to write something, even if it's completely different mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you feel you don't even know and you're afraid, you know, like I am pretty scared <laughs> of this book. And But it feels like it, it feels like writing the book has finished the whole process of mm -hmm. what I've been through. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, Jamie, I mean, maybe that's something that will happen with your grief yeah. Um, yeah. For, for your sister at, at some point. I mean, but it takes time to think about, mm -hmm. you know, it does. And, and to not make it, um, to make it uplifting, not, or uh, I don't know about uplifting, but you know what I mean? Like not just to be about grief, you know, mm. and, uh, because I would not want people to remember her that way. You know, if I was going to write anything like that, it would be because she was just this amazing person that, you know, it's like, a light is gone and I would want people to know that. And I don't know if I'm there yet, you know, kind of thing. And well, that's a really good point because mm -hmm. this would be a tip for memoir. I just don't think you can write these books unless you have finished that, yes. you know, you've completed the arc right. because otherwise you're still in it. And I feel that's why I didn't write. I didn't know that it would take me three pilgrimages and two and a half years to mm -hmm. get through the darkness period. Right. Um, 
And so I, in between, I kept thinking, oh, I've got to write this book. I've got to write this book, especially because I made all the expenses tax deductible <laughs> on my business. So I was like, I know my accountant's going to be like, so this expense, where right. is the book that is related <laughs> to this expense? Because, you know, for business people listening, mm-hmm. you have you can only have expenses on a business if they actually relate to making an right. income in some way. Right. Um. So, yeah, I think writing a memoir anything that's this emotional journey once you're outside of it on the on the other side of it um and you can write without falling apart mm-hmm. that is when it's ready right for or someone it, else to read it. or when it's not self-indulgent mm. you know I feel like if I wrote something now it would be for me as mm. opposed to for me and others you know sort of thing and um so that's where I'm at but yeah. speaking speaking mm. of things being scary was it scary to write a lot of personal things? I mean, yeah, I'm an oversharer, so for me that would not be that hard. But I know you're not, so no. I think it's it's interesting because, of course, I do. We have our boundaries, right? We have all our lines, and of course, yeah. I do share. I share a lot, also, uh, and have done since I was online in 2008. Uh, and I feel like what what's happened and also in my fiction actually I share a lot of my thoughts on like religion Mm -hmm. through my characters so Morgan Mm -hmm. Sierra particularly in my Arcane series has thoughts about religion and Mm -hmm. various things that come from my own experience or some of my travel experiences are in fictionalized Mm -hmm. but this is the first memoir where it's like this is actually me and it's Mm -hmm. not fictionalized and you know so I don't know that there is it it is really kind of emotionally revealing to me mm-hmm. to me anyway i feel the book is emotionally revealing in a way that i haven't been and that's that's scary um it's the fear of judgment i always have fear of judgment about any book mm-hmm. but it's the fear that someone will st- I don't know, really, yeah, I, I don't know what I'm scared of, but I'm really scared. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and also I feel, I almost feel now that the book is done, I cannot change it. And in fact, I only gave it to my husband when it was finished. Mm-hmm. And I only gave it to my mum when it was finished. And those mm-hmm. two people, I was like, God, I really hope they don't say I can't publish it. Right. Because <laughs> it's already done, I actually gave yeah. them the hardback. Oh, and wow. Yes, because I felt like it's it's my story and if yeah. they don't want me to publish it, I'm going to have to argue that. Thankfully, yeah. they both said it was okay, although my mum was, you know, my mum was sad because she felt like she didn't know necessarily at the time what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And But I said to her, and this will be true if anyone's having mental health issues, sometimes mm-hmm. when you're going through things, you cannot ask for help because Mm-mm. you're in the darkness, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you don't even... You don't even realize you're going through things until you look back later and go, oh, that was not a good time sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm in yeah. self-denial a lot about a lot of things, so I totally understand that. <laughs> right. But that, And that's why almost journaling is so important. I mean, I read mm-hmm. some of the journal entries that I've put in a book and I'm like, I don't even know that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Actually, I found a journal that I had written when I was, it was when I was still working and it wasn't because I wanted to quit and write full time that, I mean, even though that's always the goal. And then sometimes I think maybe it shouldn't be the goal, but, but it was just a bad situation. And it was so horrible. Like the things I was saying, like I threw it away because I was like, I never want anyone to find this never. Cause I was saying things about other people too. And uh, people in my family. So <laughs> I was like, they gotta go, this has gotta go. But I didn't even realize it that it was that bad until after the fact and I was reading it and I was like, wow, I was in a bad mm. place. <laughs> I was in a bad place. Yeah. And I, I feel like one of the things I learned in the pilgrimage and the book is lessons learned, you know, there's mm-hmm. lots of different ones, but this idea of transience and permanence. So what is permanent and what is transient? And when you're walking, you know, like the pain in your feet, for example, is transient. Right. Um, at the time it feels like, oh, that's the end of the world. My feet are very blistered and very painful, but mm-hmm. it, I know it goes. And the same thing with these emotional highs and lows is they are also transient right and they pass and so when you're deep in it and you're writing the stuff like I totally believe in journaling as a a healing way of doing things and Mm -hmm. 
and then you read it later and you think that ju- that emotion just kind of swept through me and then it left again mm-hmm. and then what you're left with um you know again on the the grief aspect Jamie there's that those awful moments mm-hmm. and then they they pass through you and then you're you have a deeper a permanent mm-hmm. sense of your sister that's not mm-hmm. the same as those massive lows and the massive highs of, mm-hmm. of some of that and that's true maybe that's just true of all emotions yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think it is. And, you know, interestingly, uh, in this small town where my family lives there, we have two pretty close friends, uh, family friends that are going through this and they're both very sick and they're, you know, it's not good. And my mom was telling me, and I remember feeling this sense of relief that we're not in that place anymore. Even though I'm so sad my sister died, that place of waiting for someone to die and that because there's fear and it's just the fear of the unknown and will we survive and everything that is such a horrible place to be in that the other side of grief is almost better because at least you know yes I did survive that you know and um anyway it's just it's ever changing I guess is what I'm saying that that just the emotions of being in places is just ever changing and it is transient you know Sometimes it transitions to a not good place, you know, but, you know, you go from bad to worse, but then it is transient, you know, it's not always going to be that way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of fear, let's talk about the Kickstarter, because I Mm -hmm. totally identify with being a little worried about a lot worried about the Kickstarter. (laughs) So you're doing a Kickstarter. And so talk to us about like the fear around the Kickstarter, or maybe someone may not do a Kickstarter, but they might do a launch. And Mm. when I did my Kickstarter, I was like, okay, I remember now I used to feel this way when I launched a book and now I'm more in the routine of launching a book. So it's not as scary, but the Kickstarter brought it all back. (laughs) So talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, and thank you for your help because I emailed you and and you've helped me with various questions like international shipping, which in itself is is terrifying. (laughs) It is terrifying (laughs) because you realize like I had even just in specifically, I had put will ship to all countries and I'd come up with a price for all countries. And then I just checked a few things like, okay, how much to send to Peru or Malawi or, (laughs) you know, Indonesia? And then I was like, okay, then I can't use maybe delete. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I did. I did. So uh, essentially, and we're recording this just a few days before it starts. um, I've put sort of six main countries and then I've put, please email me if you want me to add your country (laughs) to any level. But yes, in terms of the fear, so it's so funny you talk about launches because I also realised that I have not officially launched a book for probably eight years. Oh, yeah. (laughs) As in all I do is, oh, uh, I finish the book. I do a very short pre-order, sometimes like just a month when it's already finished. Um, I upload all the formats and then on when it goes out that day, I just send an email, talk about it on the podcast and that's about it. Really? I might put a few ads on. (laughs) And so I haven't really launched a book in so long that this feels very, very weird. So that's one thing is the launch because I'm also Mm -hmm. like like you both, I'm quite low key. I'm not, I don't do hard selling. So I normally like, here it is, buy it mm-hmm. whenever you like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter, very low key. And this is like, you buy it in this two week period mm-hmm. and that, and you have to, I guess, tell people more often, like email more than once a month yes. or oh, yes. you know, do, do some videos and maybe do yeah. social media every day and yeah. all this stuff that I haven't done like probably ever. So yeah. that's one thing is sort of fear of launch. Um, also, Basically, I'm writing. So this is a new genre with Mm -hmm. travel memoir, a new format. I'm doing Mm -hmm. this special hardcover with a flyleaf with color photos inside, which I've never done before. Um, It's got silver foil. I mean, it's really beautiful. Mm, Yeah. Um, And and a new platform, Kickstarter. So. And I think if I'd have thought about that beforehand, I may not have gone ahead. <laughs> because, yeah, new genre, new format, new... Just platform. dive into the deep end, yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because, of course, last year, I say of course, but last year in 2022, I didn't mention this up front, but I built my Shopify store, mm-hmm. uh, creativepenbooks.com. And that was a massive project too, putting my mm-hmm. entire backlist right. onto Shopify and all that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm afraid of the book, the emotional potential response to the book. I'm afraid of 
getting it something really wrong that affects mm -hmm. the money, I'm mm -hmm. afraid that I will be very embarrassed because this does, is not aimed at my target audience. So I may, I mean, I may not fund, I've put it really low, so I hope to fund, <laughs> but I've, to be frank, I've got a platform and yes. I've got a book on how to market a book. So if I can't, yeah. I'll be very embarrassed, basically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I would, and also want to mention how uh, get your book selling on Kickstarter by Russell yes. Noelty and Monica Leonel. That is my yes. bible. It's here. It's, yes, it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yeah, I, yeah, can, I agree. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, had them on the podcast. They're so great. They're just yeah, and so helpful to people. That's the thing. Like they don't. They didn't just put information out there and then walk away. I mean, they're really involved with people that are doing these things. So, yeah. yeah. And um, thanks particularly to Russell, who actually went through my page like yesterday mm -hmm. as we record this and gave me some extra tips. So I've moved things around. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, um, it's, it's so I think this is also weird because doing another platform again, when it's essentially a different audience and mm -hmm. some will people will cross over for sure. But mm -hmm. it does feel like uh, a risk. And yet I was reflecting on this this morning thinking, this is good because mm -hmm. I've been publishing since 2008. I published my first book and yeah, it's good to switch things up and to right. push your comfort zone. And look, mm -hmm. if this was still the same year after year after year, we would mm -hmm. be bored and yes. we would go do yeah. another job. Yeah. So yeah. 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 That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And we should mention that this is going to People are listening to this the day after the Kickstarter starts. So when right. they listen That's to this, the Kickstarter is already in full swing, correct? Yes. And we should probably say it, uh, there's a short link, jfpen.com forward slash pilgrimage. And uh, so, yeah, and I, I will no doubt be talking about it on every every place I possibly can. <laughs> um, and there'll be links in the show notes. Um, yes. But yes, and it runs 23rd of January to the 5th of February 2023. And okay. I think this is the other thing. It's like, because then when you fulfill, and it, there's ebook and audiobook mm -hmm. and paperback yeah. and a workbook and all that, as well as the hardback. The hardback's the primary thing. But um, until everything's been fulfilled, and is all out there, I won't be publishing on other stores. And wow. that's weird too, because we're yeah. so used to, especially those of us who publish wide, mm -hmm. have everything everywhere all the time. And mm -hmm. there's no point going on a podcast unless right. you have your book available everywhere. So right. anyway, that link will also redirect in the future to the other places, but it, it will probably right. be out around May 2023 mm -hmm. on every other store. But that hardback will only be uh, the numbered signed edition is only in the Kickstarter. That's yeah. great. That's great. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Sarah. No, oh, I was going to say when, um, when I was doing mine, I was so nervous, but I thought I, to help me with that, I framed it as this is an experiment. I'm trying it. If it works, that's great. If it doesn't, that's okay. But I, I was still very worried about it. But that helped me just think, okay, I'm trying it. And if it fails, it was just an experiment. So that might help people. And even with a launch, you try things and they may work, they may not. And then, you know, you, you learn from, from that. Yeah. Yeah. You, I wish I could be on. that sanguine, but I would be like, I, like my ego is way bigger than Sarah's. So I would be like, <laughs> Well, I was still terrified. Like what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I feel like there's also this weird sense of I'm working really like this morning I was recording and editing some YouTube videos around like why I'm using Kickstarter. What is Kickstarter? Because mm -hmm. right. actually you think everyone knows what it is, but they don't. They so don't. You, you actually have to educate your audience mm -hmm. on another platform. And there and people have been like, why aren't you just selling this on your Shopify store? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, why are you doing so I've recorded a video and so I'm doing all this this stuff that I just wouldn't be doing normally. Mm -hmm. right. And that's pushing my comfort zone too. But also so I'm very aware that once, usually once it's launched, I just get on with my life. But um, Sarah, what, what was there anything that surprised you during the campaign that I need to watch out for or people um, listening should watch out for? Like, oh my goodness, people were asking all these questions. This is what I'm slightly worried about. Loads of questions and what have I got wrong? <laughs> I didn't have tons of questions, but oh, um, yeah. So my goal was really, really low. So I funded really quickly. Thank goodness. I was so happy. But then I had not thought at all about stretch goals. And so that was something that I was like, uh, you know, and people were asking for them. And so that kind of 
next time I'll be more prepared for that. Um, right. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that. else. Yeah, I've put one stretch goal, which is really aimed at my writing audience, which is I will create some kind of audio thing on how yeah. how all the lessons learned from writing a travel memoir which I, I part of me would love to do and part of me is like oh dear I don't even know if I'm going to reach that but yeah but it doesn't again it's this when you're writing a standalone thing everyone was like you should do stretch goals and extra material around the travel stuff and I'm like but I don't want to create all this extra stuff because yeah, uh -huh. it's going to be just a standalone so uh -huh. what I think that would be another bit of feedback for people is it is much much easier to launch a kickstarter to your existing audience in a yeah. <laughs> with a book that actually has an existing audience like yes. Sarah yours was yeah. books that relate to your actual audience right yes yes they were it was my best-selling series book one of my best-selling series mm. yeah so I'm yeah Go ahead, Jamie. Did you get new readers, Sarah, when you did your Kickstarter from Kickstarter? Yes, yes. And, and they do. Uh, and Joanna, yeah. I think the same will happen for you too. Because it's like Russell said, there are people on Kickstarter that want to give you their money. So why wouldn't <laughs> you take their money? And they're looking <laughs> for things like this. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because uh, the Camino de Santiago is actually something that a lot of people have heard yeah. of. Mm -hmm. And like... Um, you know, people have said, oh, I'll buy it. My mom has talked about that a long time and mm -hmm. I'm going to buy it for her. Or, mm -hmm. you know, people, even if they're not interested themselves, they might mm -hmm. know someone. So I'm kind of yes. I'm interested to see how the hardback sells as a gift. Yeah, I haven't gift really book. got yeah. any physical editions that I think are beautiful gifts. Like I'm really proud mm -hmm. of all my books, but mm -hmm. this is truly the most beautiful book I've ever done. Right. And that I want to do more. It's like I want to do my whole backlist in yeah. special hardback. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm and I'm so happy with the printer, uh, Book Vault, who I found mm -hmm. through shop through my Shopify store, and gonna use them for this. And so right. yeah, doing a beautiful print product. I feel like this is the way forward as well, thinking about mm -hmm. future stuff, which we we might talk about. But look, di digital is super, super crowded. Um, mm -hmm. And some of these platforms, they're drowning in content and it's very hard to compete when you're just another ebook mm -hmm. in whatever genre it is. Mm -hmm. And of course, my pilgrimage ebook, once it goes on to the big stores, will drown in other you know, mm -hmm. ebooks. But mm -hmm. on Kickstarter, you can really stand it's out on your own store. You can stand out because you don't have any competition. It's your mm -hmm. store. So mm -hmm. I feel like this and also with a higher priced, beautiful product, uh, I've, I've finally figured out how publishing makes money is because you can make good money on print products. <laughs> and I think this is something a lot of indies haven't learned yet, yeah. which is beautiful print can, yes, it's more work, but you can stand out and you can mm -hmm. make the same money, but yeah. from fewer book sales, okay. basically. So I really feel like this is a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. um, you know, selling direct in general is a mindset shift, but beautiful print products is also something that we should be getting into in order to protect our businesses from a sort of digital going to practically zero and a right. very crowded market and higher ad costs and all of those kind of things. So we mm -hmm. can do everything. We can do both. Mm -hmm. But I like this um, this beautiful print edition idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us about the foil. I've not talked to anybody who's done oh, foil. Yes. So well, I I have got pictures on the uh on the Kickstarter, so you'll be able okay. to see it. But basically okay. there's a there's a flyleaf wraparound cover um okay. which feels lovely. It feels kind of silky. And then if you take that cover off, there's um, you know, the the hardback itself, mm -hmm. and that's got pilgrimage in silver foil, and then it's mm -hmm. also on the spine. And that is a, a, a part of the the service that Book Vault offer. Um oh. and yeah, I just I love it. Now you there are you know, if you do a print run, there's all kinds of things you can get, but I was like, ooh, this is exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, color printing, I think this is the other thing. I am just thrilled that we can do color interiors, mm -hmm. print print on demand, very high quality mm -hmm. printing. So, yeah, I mean, this is the truth. It gets better and better every year for mm -hmm. us making different kinds of products, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's well, so exciting. Talking, yeah. <laughs> you were talking about direct sales. So let's talk about that real quick. Do you think every author needs a store? And would you recommend go for a full-fledged store or maybe new authors need to wait or... 
How do you, who do you think should have a, a direct sale store? I really think the question here is, are you, do you want to run a business as an author? I think that's the question. Now, when we say new author, Mm -hmm. if you've just written your first book, I don't know if you know whether you want Mm -hmm. to be an author for the long term. Right. If you want to be an author for the long term, then I think having a store is a really good idea. And in Mm -hmm. fact, someone asked me the other day, if I was starting now, would I build my website on Shopify. Um, and I said, yeah, I, I think I would because like my JF Pen site for sure. The creative yeah. pen is kind of optimized for other things, but JF Pen, my fiction store, yeah, and I may move it at some point to be mm-hmm. fully integrated. At the moment, I've just got kind of links through to things, but mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's over a decade old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think I mean I've always sold direct, but I've only sold ebooks through various mm-hmm. sites. Um, goodness, so many over the years. Yeah. Um, but so coming back to the question, if you want to run a business, then having your own store, especially with something like Shopify or WooCommerce, which means you can do print integration, you can do postcards and posters and merchandise and pins and all the Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, then yeah, I think it's a really good idea. And in fact, if you have fewer books, so let's say you have three books or five books, Mm -hmm. it will be much easier for you to start a store than someone like me. I had to spend like two months last summer uploading on my entire backlist and I still haven't done all the formats on, on it. And then you build the email integration Mm -hmm. and you build all this stuff. So, um, I have an episode on the minimum viable store that might be um, useful for people. But basically, if you sell direct, the money comes in, sometimes within hours. It's hilarious. I mean, I I, I just, I love it. I mean, (laughs) after this, I will go and check my email and there will be money there that has come in during this call. And people order and you get the money. Um, Whereas, uh, Jamie, you mentioned earlier how a summer promotion meant you got money later in the autumn and Christmas because that's how the money works you get money 60 days later or can be 90 days if it's towards the end of that period so and then if you're traditionally published it might be six months it might be a year it might be two years it might be forever (laughs) it might be forever so you get paid quickly Mm-hmm. You control your price. So, Sarah, you've mentioned that you've got your audiobooks, some audiobooks back. And mm-hmm. selling audio direct is so much better. You can control your price. You can make, um, you know, higher royalties. You can make like 95%. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can use, I mean, Book Funnel is fantastic. You know, we all mm-hmm. met Damon actually where yeah. we met. We met Damon mm-hmm. back, back mm-hmm. in Austin, I don't know, eight years ago, maybe. I don't even know when it was. It's been a while, yeah. It yeah. has, but, but Book Funnel has changed the game. I mean, they deliver yeah. ebooks and audiobooks, they do the customer service. Um, you, you get the email from the customer and you get their physical location and you can connect with them. And I just think we've, it's again, it's a mindset shift. We've spent so long in the indie author community driving traffic to the big sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like, click here to buy my book at this store, mm-hmm. someone else's store, and we get less money. The ad cost is higher. So whereas this to me is a sort of sustainable long-term model, I, I'm still on all the other stores for sure. You know, I'm I'm fully wide, but if I can take my cut from my store first and then get other people's sales on the other stores, then my business is more sustainable. And so selling direct, but the reason a lot of people say, oh, but then I won't hit a bestseller list. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's like, well, true, but mm. there'll be money in your bank account. You yeah, it's like, what do you want? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. What do you want? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do yes. you want is the question. And I do think you have to have an kind of an empowered mm-hmm. mindset mm-hmm. of I will make this work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to tell you the other thing, this gives me a glimpse of how we could possibly retire at mm-hmm. some point and mm-hmm. have a more sustainable backlist right. store that we we don't have to be like rapid release. We don't have to do algorithm stuff. We don't, you know, we've got an email list. We have and you can build a much more automated system, which is the dream that we all had. And then right. it didn't really turn out that way because of the way the big stores have have changed yeah. over the yeah. years. So I don't know. What what do you two think about this? Well, um, I think I'm it's all in. great. Yeah. Sarah, <laughs> you're already you've already got your setup, correct? Well, I have um I don't have it set up. I'm I'm going to do the like 
I'm going to create some sales pages first oh, and work on a sale sorry. page. And then I do have Shopify, but I haven't built the store yet. Like oh, I've done okay. a single product and stuff. So, cause it's like a huge. It is. Uploading and you've got a big backlist. Yeah. yeah. So I, that's why I was like, I'll do a sales page and like work on direct sales and building that. And then I'll in the background be building the store. So yeah, I think when we had you on last time, I haven't listened to that episode in a while, but I think we talked about this, like about the f- one, one of the futures things. And I feel like now, I feel like I see it now. Like back then I was like, how will we make money if everything's going to subscription and all this stuff and like the stores. And so now I see that the stores are almost like lead gen for us. Like we will find new yes, readers they're marketing, yeah. and then we'll bring yeah. them in to our little ecosystem. And then, so now I see it, but back then I was like, I just don't get how I can, how I can do this, but now I see how I can do it. So mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. Awesome. I do and, too. And yeah. I would say it's worth doing. It's worth spending that time. Like, as I said, I, it really, I wasn't expecting it to take as long as it took, but it was so worthwhile and I do need to kind of go back around again and do the next load of stuff. Um, but there's great information out there. Obviously, if people are interested, Morgana Best mm-hmm. has her book, Stop Making Others Rich. Yes, which is the best a, title ever. It's, it's title. the best title. <laughs> and also um, Pierre Gentil, uh, mm-hmm. who is doing, he's like a seven-figure poet. Yeah, I um, met him. I met oh, him at 20 Books. We had dinner together. Um, and I was like, you're a what? I mean, Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. Um, I knew he was a seven-figure author. And then when I figured, found out what he wrote, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And he was like, nope. <laughs> but but he, one of the things he talks about is a higher amount of money per sale and yeah. per customer. And that's why with a store, they might right. buy, yeah, so he's got a poetry book, but maybe they'll buy two volumes of the poetry mm-hmm. book. And then maybe they'll also buy like a nice quote postcard. Mm-hmm. And maybe they'll buy a mug or maybe they'll buy a mm-hmm. journal or a pen. Yes. And, you know, it's just yeah. this way of, it, instead of, oh, a four ninety nine ebook of which we get, we might get $4, but then we might have paid ads. So maybe we mm-hmm. only get $2. Right. It's, we get a $25 payday you know, from that customer because they've ended up buying other things. So you're exactly right, right, Sarah. It is this, this is the hope. I see this is the hope Mm -hmm. is that we build these um, and it's kind of a movement too. And the pandemic, obviously very bad in many ways, but it it has helped people learn to buy online from stores other than the big names. Yes. So that's, that's really good. And also when somebody buys on Shopify and say they buy on my store on Shopify and then they go to your store, which is based on Shopify, it's much easier. So if we mm-hmm. have an ecosystem as authors where people end up with shop pay, where their details yes. are stored, it's going to be easier and easier and easier for mm-hmm. customers to buy on Shopify stores. So I, you know, fast forward a couple of years, I feel like there will be, it will be much more normal mm-hmm. for us to have our kind of flagship sales sites and our launches direct and then after we've taken the big chunk we will Mm -hmm. then put the book out elsewhere for sure right yeah 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 well speaking of futurist things Mm -hmm. let's talk about that for just a little bit so um so many changes in ai going on right now it's kind of gone mainstream so what do you see coming like in the next maybe three to five years yeah, well, it's. I think it's really funny because I started talking about AI for writers oh, in twen- 2016. I was going to say a long time ago because I thought, <laughs> yeah. Joanna. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, it's really funny. I got an email today from a podcast host who said, I've doubted you for many years and yeah. now it feels like you had a crystal ball. <laughs> And I was like, look, it's just, uh, again, Becca Simon on the strengths. Mm -hmm. I have futurist and strategic are two of my core strengths. So I guess over the years, I just read things and then the signals kind of pop. And so I think what's weird right now is I went through a lot of the things people are feeling. I went through this about two and a half years ago when (laughs) GPT-2 was first launched. Uh, I believe that was when I went, oh my goodness, this is going going to really affect writers. And I've been talking about AI for narration and and all of this for for years. And people went, no, it'll never be good enough. It'll never be good enough. And then eventually, of course, it is. And we we will have GPT-4 later on this year, or and I call it GPT-X. I mean, again, we're in 2023. We all 
have year decades ahead of us certain yes. technology moves on um so essentially what i would say is um I was really af- afraid. I was really worried again a couple of years ago when I first learned about this. And then what happens is you start going, "Oh, how could I use this to be right. more effective right. in my business? How can I use this to lower my costs, reach more readers, be more creative, do new things, uh all the th- all the stuff that's kind of coming up now." And so you kind of go from fear to curiosity. And I will uh, quote uh, Kevin Kelly. I wrote it out just in case. Kevin Kelly's book, The Inevitable, which is now probably seven years old, but it's a really good book. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kevin Kelly is prescient. He always is. Um, He says, this is not a race against the machines. If we race against them, we lose. This is a a race with the machines. Mm -hmm. You'll be paid in the future based on how well you work with robots. Mm. It is inevitable. So, and when he says robots, obviously AI being that too. So you will be paid in the future based Mm. on how well you work with the tools. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it as any different to what we do right now. None of us here could have a career and make money online without tools. Mm. (laughs) So, I mean... And Amazon's A9 algorithm is AI. Like Mm -hmm. I always say to authors, you are already AI empowered. Do you use Grammarly or ProWritingAid? Absolutely. Do you you publish on Amazon? Do you use Facebook? Do you use Mm -hmm. paid advertising? I think you do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you have a GPS in your car when you drive somewhere? All of these things are AI. And so I feel like right now, as we record this in early 2023, authors, narrators, artists are in that scared moment Mm -hmm. of, AI is going to take our jobs. It's going to destroy us all. But I'm not, I don't feel that way now. (laughs) I feel like this is fantastic opportunity for us to leverage what we do. And I I, I mean, have you both been, have you tried ChatGPT, for example, or any of this? Sarah's nodding. Yes, I I haven't. But I was listening to something yesterday and I was like, you know what? Like trying it for a serial or something that I've, personally I'm not going to write but I could use AI to partner with as you said and possibly come up with it might not work but it might and then you have another stream of income or any number of things I mean I just think you have to be open-minded enough to to try it yeah. Mm. Yeah. I went in but I don't really know how it works so see I don't (laughs) tell us tell us what you did Sarah um, I've been in there. I asked some just some general questions, like just to kind of see what it could do. But then I was like, let me go in and see what it does to my book descriptions. So I put my book descriptions in there and ask it to rewrite it in the style of the best-selling author, Agatha Christie, or something like that. And it did really good. And then I said, okay, taglines, give me some taglines, give me some forgot what else I did. Some and ad copy. Ad copy. Really good yeah. on ad copy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's how I see it too. I mean, the actual AI writing, I only use it as more like an extended thesaurus. So mm-hmm. for example, PseudoWrite has this um describe function. So like I'm really good on sight, very good on sight. Mm-hmm. I'm terrible on hearing because I I very sensitive hearing, so I generally wear headphones. Yes. So I don't hear much in the world, but so hearing I miss and smell I miss. So what I'll do is say say abandoned um cabin in the woods, you know, highlight abandoned cabin in the woods. And and the essentially it's it's um pseudo-right uses GPT-3, it expands it to all the five senses plus several metaphorical descriptions. So I'm not using it to write finished text. And again, I and I don't think most people want to. Mm-hmm. I think, well, those of us who write books, we don't want to. We've got our own voice, but mm-hmm. we can use it to extend and improve and expand what we do in terms of the actual writing. And then, like you said, Sarah, for ad copy, which no one wants to write, sales descriptions, <laughs> which no one wants to write, outlines are really, really good. Um, I spent like four hours expanding it, world building. World building is magic on there. So you see, so you can just expand and expand and expand. And uh, I came up with this whole kind of epic fantasy mermaid world. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, with loads of different <laughs> sigils and yeah. all of so it it's it, to me it's an extension. It's a tool and mm. it can help us be more creative. So um mid journey for images, I've generated character 
characters to put on social media. I use it for ideation. To me, it's a creative co-pilot. It's just this. And also that we're, that's us. That's, we all write fiction. We are already creative, but I'm hearing from people. In fact, I'm going to read this email on my pod, my, my next show. Um, someone who said, look, you've just changed my life with this. I have a chronic yeah. illness. I cannot do much um, every day. And this has helped me see that I can actually manage again. Um, mm-hmm. My husband uses it to, he'll write a first draft of an email for work. And then he'll re- he'll say, rewrite this more succinctly. And it will, you know, rewrite it that way. There's use cases of people with dyslexia, of people who, um, you know, just can't write very well. Like we all can write very well, we, mm-hmm. you know, but there are a lot of people who really struggle, people in other languages. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what I want people to think is A, yeah, how are you going to use it in a creative, curious way? And then B, don't shut it down for everyone else. You know, all the people who actually might need help with writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's so, one of those um, things that there's yeah. a lot of pushback right now. Like you said, I think everybody's kind of going through what you went through a couple, a couple of years, years ago. ago. <laughs> but it's I don't think we can stop it. I mean, no matter how much you don't want it, it is inevitable. And so I think like learning to work with it, and it's already in so many things that we don't know. I was in Canva the other day yes. and I had this little thing come up and it said, can't find the image you want, type in here. And so I tried it and it didn't work well at all. No, <laughs> Canvas is terrible. Like it really is ter- at the moment, again, in January. Yeah, but it will get better. It will yeah, get better. It will get better. It will. And I mean, you say it's going to be in stuff. Microsoft have licensed OpenAI's stuff. So that includes GPT-3. Microsoft will be incorporating this into Microsoft Word. So you cannot avoid this, as you say. And some people are like, oh, but look at this court case. And I say to people, look, even if let's say a court case wins, there will just be a settlement because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're both in the US. um, There is no way the USA will shut down the development of AI machine learning because yeah. it will just go to a another country, which we probably don't need to mention. People will know what other country will build these tools. Yes. So yeah. I don't. I just don't think that will shut down. But to me, it's much healthier and better to have a positive, curious mm-hmm. approach to these tools than worry about it. Yeah. And also, right. I get so many emails from people who haven't actually tried it yet. Right. So- <laughs> So please try it. And I should say, I have a whole load of episodes on on this stuff. So, and they're all linked at thecreativepen.com forward slash future. So there's loads there. Um, I've got episodes coming up with an AI artist and people using it um, in different ways. So yeah, try and keep an open mind. I think that would be my tip. I think you're right. I think that's very wise um, advice. Um, so we're coming to the end and we just, this has been so awesome. But if you were starting over in your author career, like from scratch, what would you do now that you didn't do then when you started? Well, I, I think as we kind of mentioned, mm-hmm. if I was starting now, I would focus much more on thinking about more than just digital Yes. I feel like those of us who started a decade or so ago, we were so focused on digital mm-hmm. that we've lost sight of physical. And actually, mm-hmm. more people still want print books. They do. And they do. Yeah. Um, and so let's play there mm-hmm. and not just have a, another print on demand that we put up because some people buy print on demand. Like I feel mm-hmm. like we always put print, it's ebook then print on demand, then audio book, you know, and then the other yeah. formats. And I almost feel like now, uh, if I was starting now, I would try and think about more, especially with fiction. I feel like, again, we're just down the route of cheap ebook products mm-hmm. that if we change our mindset, like Pierre Jonti, a great example, um, we can possibly make more money and also build our list and all of that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But we have to change the the discussion around what's right. important to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us all, a sustainable long-term career making money is important. But mm-hmm. I do know that a lot of new authors want to hit lists or or whatever. But yeah, I think if I was starting now, I would definitely be looking at these sort of 
sell direct platforms and trying to build from the beginning. Uh, I would, yeah, that's probably the biggest change. I I would still write the types of books that I write. Um, I don't think that would change. I still intend to write more (laughs) books like that. Although I have started to think about other nonfiction I might write that is not related to the author niche. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm kind of, I feel like, I don't know, every every year I think that and then every year I come out with some, some more, like I've got um, the shadow book, which is something yes. I definitely need to write, which is writing from that darker side of yourself. I almost feel like I needed to write this memoir before I could write the shadow book. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that's my, my plan. But if people listening, if you are starting now, again, there's never been a better time to be a writer. I mean, it, things change every year. There's right. good things, there's bad things, but we're still going and you can right. definitely, definitely do this. Yes, very true. Awesome. This has been great. Tell people where they can find your book and your um, Kickstarter one more time. Yes. So the Kickstarter is at jfpen.com forward slash pilgrimage. And uh, if you enjoy podcast <laughs> come on over to the creative pen podcast pen with the double n or my books and travel podcast is also still up and in fact the latest episode is a couple of chapters from pilgrimage if you'd like to have a listen so thank you so much for having me oh you're welcome it was just great having you it's always yes. fun we always enjoy talking to you mm-hmm. so so we'll have all those links in the show notes and those will be at wish i'd known then podcast.com And thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adria Wiggins for doing the admin. We'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.